0: I've entitled this talk on 3 John, Living Among the Tensions in the Community of God. And no, we're not focusing here. We're looking at uh, this little book in the back of the Bible, 3 John. A month ago when I was here, we considered the book of 2 John, written by the elder. And he taught us about the balance between truth and love. The challenge faced involved people who, while professing to be Christians and travelling on ministry trips to build up the church, were false prophets. They needed hospitality, which was usually offered in love to fellow Christians. But this book taught us that while truth and love for fellow Christians go hand in hand, truth must have priority. And people professing to be Christians but teaching wrong doctrine Are not to be tolerated, and not even to be given hospitality because that would encourage them and facilitate their false teaching. 3 John is also written by the elder, believed to be the aged apostle John. This time, he's writing to his friend Gaius. We don't know anything else about Gaius, only what we read here. I believe the elder wrote to Gaius, a faithful follower of Christ, to encourage him. To encourage him to continue in his focus of living an active, consistent life as a Christian. This letter is also talking about truth. When truth and love come into conflict, as we saw in 2 John, walking in truth is all-important. So this letter written to Gaius to encourage him has a purpose for us too. It has a message to challenge us, a message that's important for us, a message containing a key focus for our lives too. This little book was written close to the end of the first century. Christ had been on earth and his three years of ministry was relatively recent history. It was like being in the last 60 or 70 years. He's still being talked about as a real person. And his teachings and his attitudes are influencing the growing Christian movement. We hear today of references to the early church and some pretty amazing stories. But what was the early church like? What were the believers like? Here we find two outstanding men of God, Gaius who received the letter and Demetrius who John held up to Gaius as an example. But also in these verses, we see a man assuming power and authority without the right to do so. And in doing so, he creates upsets in the church. As the elder, most likely the apostle John, writes to Gaius, he's writing to a close friend. So he just adopts the term elder. The elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. It's written to a Christian brother who is in a church somewhere, we don't quite know where, with tensions in their midst. No doubt a church that John knows well, and he has written to others in. And from the way he writes to Gaius, a man we're told that he walked and worked in love and lived it out, we know he has a lot of respect for him and wants to encourage him to keep doing what's right. Firstly, in greeting him, he uses the traditional greeting of the day that I read was sometimes even written as an abbreviation. But he gives it a distinctly Christian focus with a focus on truth and the way he's reportedly living as a Christian. He says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Two characteristics stand out. The characteristics of truth and love as key parts of Guy's character. Gaius had obviously not only heard the truth of the gospel but he'd received it wholeheartedly so that it influenced his life as he vigorously pursued life influenced by the message that had transformed him. He was not living his life secretly but openly and this reflected itself to others around him as we read. Because the elder writes, I rejoiced greatly When the brothers came and testified to you a truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. His life and ministry were being talked about by others. And some told John, probably with excitement, of the man in the church that makes a difference. Perhaps because he'd shown them hospitality, despite the challenges he faced in the church for doing so. So the elder writes, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. The old apostle was really happy to hear good news of someone he cared about. Someone also living their life based on the gospel, the message of truth. It's amazing how powerful encouraging comments and messages are. Do you notice that? Do you receive encouragement from things people say to you? Whether it's the way good news is brought to us, because someone knew we would delight to know about something, or the way we're thanked by someone who appreciates an act towards them. One evening, a few weeks ago, I had a pho- phone call from my friend Nuffian, a colleague, a Papua New Guinean colleague in PNG. His question was, "Did you hear that Cutim run a camp over Easter?" the youth that he's been ministering to and invited others as well. No, I hadn't heard that. Well, he did, and he ran Bible studies each day and taught them from the word. And there was a good response from the young people. And the church leaders who were there uh, told me they saw he was very capable of teaching the Bible. That stunned me. Wow. I just called to tell you because I knew that would be encouraging to you. And it was. What an encouragement that phone call was. Right out of the blue. It had no other purpose but to tell me that this Christian brother had been running this course. A good news story about another brother who had not been given opportunities for formal ministry for several reasons. But he was both talking to people about Christ's power to transform them as God did when he was prompted to minister to his father and he was now finally respected for his ministry to the youth that he was leading. He'd been persisting through the years in his efforts to live according to this truth and speak it in his community and finally it was recognised. John wrote repeatedly about walking in the truth It's vitally important as Christians that we know the truth. It's essential that we believe the truth. It's critical that we communicate the truth. But John emphasised there is a further need for life in the life of a Christian, that we are to walk in the truth. It is to show itself to others by how we live. Gaius was living his life like this, He was living as a light in the world as Jesus had instructed his disciples to do. He told them, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. God's truth is something that I'm to obey and to live. Both are significant actions and in life, critical decisions. I must read and believe God's word But the word of God is not merely something to know and share. It's something that we reach to live. Gaius had been conspicuous for the way that he treated Christian brothers who travelled around serving the churches and were dependent on hospitality and the gifts they received from members of the various churches they visited. Gaius had been conspicuous for his hospitality to such travellers whenever they had visited his area. This was no doubt part of the message they brought to John, who wrote, Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they're strangers to you. They've told the church about your love. The term faithful likely refers to the way that he was living out his life. Living out his life faithfully as he expressed it towards the elder himself and likewise to those who were travelling with the gospel message. It was usual that those travelling would stay with friends, but it seems that Gaius had hosted and provided for these men simply because they were travelling with the gospel message he too endorsed. And they were so impressed that they talked about his care for them when they told their story to the elder. Who wrote? Back to Gaius. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such men, so that we may work together for the truth. And so in writing this, the elder encouraged Gaius to continue to help with gospel outreach. And in this way, Gaius too was living as a fellow worker, For the truth. John then comes to the crux of his message. He tells him of a letter that was written to the church and how it had been ignored. He says, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So if I come, I will call attention to what he's doing, gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied with that. He refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Wherever God is at work, there is opposition. There are those who are being used to oppose, to interrupt and if possible destroy the work. It's insidious how often this occurs at key times in ministry projects all around the world. So we need to be alert. We need to be prayerful. And we need to be reliant on the Lord as we work together with him as a part of what he's doing. That's why we need to pray and we need to seek his power to uphold his work and keep it going forward because it's a battlefield. Here we have the opposition in the form of a man who is not respecting the authority of the Apostle John. We understand from Scripture that during the lifetime of the Apostles, they were the authoritative, authoritative source of Jesus' teaching under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. John fifteen twenty six tells us, and it's Jesus talking to the disciples, when the counsellor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father he will testify about me and you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning and you can look in john 14:25 and 26 and john 16:13 as sources of jesus emphasizing that he was empowering his disciples to be ministering in his place Understanding this shows us that the actions of Diotrephes to be clearly wrong. And John told Gaius that he hoped to come and address the issue. This man, Diotrephes, a man claiming leadership in the church was acting maliciously to discredit the old apostle and his message and to stop any other itinerant preachers carrying such a message from visiting and speaking to or encouraging the believers. Not satisfied with that. We read, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Now there's nothing to suggest that Diotrephes, who only appears here in the New Testament, is sympathetic to false teaching. However, he was speaking maliciously against the old apostle whose role it was to give leadership to the growing Christian movement. And he was taking a stand against providing hospitality for travelling evangelists. In doing so, he was hampering the church, blocking the ministry of those who travelled and were communicating the truth about Christ. Diotrephes appears to be a man who is grabbing the leadership of the church. He appears to have resented the elder and his influence over the church. He may have even represented the cause of independence that was occurring at a time when the system of oversight by the apostles and evangelists was beginning to be replaced by independent churches and the informal organisation of earlier days was being replaced by something more complex and formal. We have no information about whatever changes might have been occurring except for the elders' view of the situation that Diotrephes was moved by ambition and displayed it in an unchristian way. So the elder, John, wrote to Gaius, perhaps hoping that Gaius would share the letter with the rest of the church as a way of communicating with them that he was aware of the situation and planned to come and address it. Certainly, the elder felt the Diotrephes' actions merited censure. Action was called for, There's no reason to doubt his verdict on the matter. But it stands as a warning for us, too, against the danger of confusing personal ambition with zeal for the cause of the gospel. Well, what about Gaius? As for Gaius, he probably lived at a distance from the church, which may explain why he himself had not been ejected as well. Time has not changed human nature. The plain truths of the apostles' writings in the Bible still make those primarily interested in power and popularity uncomfortable. They still often reject, deny or twist the plain meaning of God's word. Let us too be careful, especially if we struggle to accept the gospel message as it is, that our minds and our aspirations are not also resisting the truth of the gospel message. This is the encouragement, verse eleven, dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Accepting and identifying with the simple and obvious truth concerning good and evil is an essential part of a truly Christian lifestyle and testimony. It can see us branded as right-wing, sorry, right-wing religious radicals, or any number of other terms used to denigrate those who choose God's way over the evil of the world. But we need to stand firm. We need to both read and learn from God's word and trust the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to obey it as we live, as we grasp life with its challenges in both hands and as we live for him. The message is clear. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not yet seen God. The elders' encouragement is to learn from those who shape their lives on the gospel and their relationship to God that grows from it. And immediately following this exhortation, he introduces Demetrius as an example that Gaius is to imitate. Verse 12 tells us, Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone. And even by the truth itself, we also speak well of him. And you know that our testimony is true. Demetrius was probably a travelling missionary, probably a stranger to Gaius, and perhaps one who'd been made unwelcome by Diotrephes. It's most likely that he's one who brought the letter from the elder to Gaius to encourage him to continue his good actions to support these travelling evangelists. And in Demetrius, provides a good illustration of the purpose referred to by the writer of Hebrews 13.7, to keep in mind those who lead by teaching God's word and follow their example. Demetrius may not have had the prestige or the authority of Diotrephes. He apparently did not. But Demetrius is important all the same, for it is he rather than Diotrephes who should be imitated. Thus it is that the first are made last, the humble are exalted, and the mighty are made low. Thus has God chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He has chosen the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one, may boast before him. The elder, the apostle John wrote, you know that our testimony is true. Do you wonder how he could be so confident that they would know his testimony was true and reliable? It was because he was an apostle. He had been taught by Jesus, who, as I said, had given his apostles the duty to teach the truth to others under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit. And as long as they were alive, they taught the truth and they settled questions about the teaching of Jesus in person. And after that, their church relied on what they had taught and written. Now today, we can only know the truth as we read the Bible and as we ask God to reveal it to us. But we need to do so with the determination that when he does reveal it to us, we will obey it and live for him because he only reveals his word to people who are genuinely seeking to know and to understand it. John tells them that he hopes to see them soon to talk over things personally and then he closes with a greeting peace be with you. The friends here send their greetings greet the friends there by name. It was really appropriate at the close of a letter dealing with strife and bitterness to close in this way. Strife often creates serious issues within the church but in the midst of it there can be the peace of the Lord Jesus that passes all human understandings. And for ourselves as we live as God's people let us be people who encourage others. Let us be reading God's word And asking him to help us understand and believe it and for his help to live it out. And when we do live as changed people, as Gaius obviously did, our lives too will have an impact on those who see and interact with us. Let us too keep in mind what we're saying by how we live.